Welcome to the Philosophy of Love podcast. In this episode, I'll be interviewing the artist Angela Fema. Fema is a multidisciplinary photo artist whose work investigates the themes of meaning, emotion, memory, and change. She is especially interested in the tension between her simultaneous striving for the temporal and the timeless. She was born in Tennessee and raised in Ontario and Zimbabwe, and currently lives and works in Vancouver. In her latest project, What is Love?, Fema and her assistant Joel Tong traveled Canada and the US in an RV and asked people to define love while setting aside their knee-jerk reactions. Fema documented their responses by recording audio and taking a consistent set of photographs timed with the discussion. The resulting collection of pictures and interviews reveals the wide range of the human experience of love. So here's the interview. We're at a cafe, so there's some background noise, and we also spend a surprising amount of time talking about death. Our discussion starts off with us talking about meditation, and if you want to know more about that, many of the themes we discuss occur in the earlier episode on mysticism. Well, um, in line with the meditator thing, like the reason I noticed it <laughs> um, is because you are really good at putting people in a mindful space when you ask them the question of what is love. Like, like I've asked that to people before, and unless you do what you did, which is to tell people, okay, take a breath, close your eyes, look past the first thing that you see, I find you tend to get a lot of answers that are like, it's nice, like, I l- it feels good. <laughs> and you were really, really um, successful at getting people to like dig, dig deep and actually get real answers. So yeah, I'm wondering how you came up with the, with the methodology. Okay, um. well, uh, it started with uh, the project I did before, so I guess it did come from meditation, essentially just what was going on with myself personally, but also with my artwork. It ended up combining without me intending it. So I did a project last, a couple, actually I guess it's like three years ago now. <laughs> forget how much time this project's taken. Um, where I sat on uh, Main Street Car Free Day in a trailer, and I had people come in and I asked them kind of the same set where they just sit and I take a straight shot and then I'd have them close their eyes and then I asked them while their eyes were closed to think past that first response of to how are you um, because I was trying to get past the I noticed in Vancouver it switched from being good to busy it used to be that that was the answer that people when I was younger was like oh I'm good I'm good everything's fine I'm great and then it turned into I'm busy and if you didn't say busy somehow you were like yeah you were off the mark or something like it almost freaks people out when you're like well I just took the week off what yeah, I had a really nice day, and that, what? But I'm rushing from here and here, and that means I'm successful. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. So, so I really was taking the time to be like, hey, we're all out here on this day. It's a party. Here's this little space in here where you can actually share how actually are you? Because that's been a trigger for, since I was a kid. I always had a hard time answering that question. It's like, you don't actually want to know. <laughs> you know, like... I <laughs> T- I want to know when I ask you. That's what I mean. So when you say good, it's like, what are you ta- What is good? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so I noticed in that project um, that people needed to kind of look away to check in with themselves. But then from that project, I noticed there was this other response I didn't capture because I was only trying to go for three pictures that time. And it was this almost relief that someone had paid attention to what they were thinking. And there was this joy that came out, no matter what they shared with me. Um, so when I set out for the what is love, and I, that questioning, I think it came from the fact that I 
did some heavy meditating, which is probably why that question came out of me. Um, I have done for like maybe the last four or five years, but I've had a lot of things to recover from. So I've had to do a lot of inner searching and a, a lot of looking and noticing. Um, so I know that for me to answer that question, I had to kind of look past my first response because what I was living didn't really suit me. So that was what that was where it came from. Honestly, was like almost questioning how I would find the answer um, and hoping to give an opportunity so others could find their way to find that answer within that. And I learned that from meditation. Um, so the Vipassana, it teaches you all about, you know, you going inside yourself for yourself. And it's not about how someone else expects the answer. Um, and then I've also been a photographer for a long time and I waitressed for a really long time and I'm interested in counseling. So I'm very, I've always been that person that people talk to. So <laughs> I used to not be that good at listening. I used to not be, I thought I was, but I wasn't necessarily, it was always about my story in their story. So that set up and that in that room, I noticed from how are you, how people responded just in that little white room. And I had them take their shoes off before with the meditation thing the first time I did it because I noticed how it shifted. So I took that and used that again with what is love. Right, and you had this like physical space of the RV too to give them. And there was a bit of a ritual, like you say the same things every time. Um, yeah, I found that the, the space that you created allowed some people to instantly open up. Um, yeah, as you said, peop some people looked relieved and a bit shocked to be seen, to be so like brutally seen in that moment. And some people just immediately fell apart and started crying. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was pretty awesome because I had to, I had to create that space in myself to allow that space for them every time I sat with them. So no matter how hard a day I was having, it's like, I've learned now, because I've taken some courses in counseling since I've been back, congruency. I've learned that even if I was having kind of a crap day, because it was a hard ride, like it was a hard journey. But so I didn't try and hide that in my voice, but I did try to keep the sincerity within myself so that people knew when they sat with me, I was, I was genuinely asking them what they thought. It wasn't about what I thought about what they thought or, or to compare it necessarily to what I thought. It was more just, well, here's what I think I think. What does the rest of the world think? Because I learned so much from asking others. Um, yeah, and the way that people opened with me, it was awesome. I felt so honored. I felt so like, OK, good. <laughs> you know, like I'm, do some, I'm doing something right. Like I'm, this is connecting. Like it's not just in my mind that this is something that needs to be shared because people were so willing to share it. And when they hadn't questioned it in themselves beforehand, they were like really seemed kind of excited by that. Oh, I never really thought about that. So it wasn't something that. Nobody got mad at me for asking it. Nobody was like, what are you, what are you trying to, you know, like nothing. The people were really, re everyone that came in and sat with me were willing to go forward within themselves wherever that was. Yeah, I found the, an the answers you got were very, very good and very honest. Um, did you find any differences in the way people answered depending on place or stage of life or something like that? I would say yes and no. Um, so I noticed that no matter where I was, regardless of what I expected from what I thought someone looked like, and this is something in the past, I, I was kind of going out there being like, well, we're going to see past our perceived differences. I'm going to help others see that because I've been a waitress for so long. I've been a photographer. I was in a band for a long time. I know. I can tell. Um, and then, boom, I was just thrown out of the water with that one because almost everyone, contrary to my other projects, 
um, shared with me s so deeply that it completely taught me don't judge a book by its cover. And that, and that you, you just can't. All you, all you know is experience, and it changes by every minute. So whatever your experience was with that person last year would, might be completely different today. But in that moment, you can never know or, or expect something from another person and, and just be open to whatever they're giving you. Um, be willing to learn or receive or, you know, hear. <laughs> but uh, in each sort of area, there was a, it was almost like a little microcosm. So it wasn't like in Montreal, everyone said they felt happy or they felt love. It was like in Montreal, one person cried, one person said she didn't know, one person he said he thought it was time and, 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 you know, how much time you give to people. A couple people said, you know, unconditional. You know, it's like there's like almost like there's this, this the little plethora of answers, the, the spectrum of answers that people kind of sat within, each saying it in their own particular way, within each spot. So there was a bit of an overtone of, of religion in the South, um, but then underneath the religion there was that microcosm uh, again. Like it was, uh, when we got past it, it was like, so what is God to you? It's like, oh, oh, it's this. And then it was, let's jump into that same sort of, uh, I'm using my hands here, but <laughs> um, I guess circular motion I keep doing because it, it's, it, was, it was pretty similar regardless of where I went. Um, and then as far as age goes, I hadn't really noticed it as much. Again, there's so much. Every time I watch, I can sit there and watch it still and still be like, it never ends. Yeah. So I did notice that with age came more acceptance. So even if there was tears, it was less shocking. It was more a calmness within it and, and an understanding of it. So that's something that I was really, I guess, relieved to see a little bit just for my own self. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, um, I agree with you. With age came a certain calmness, and also it seemed like an expansiveness. Whereas maybe younger people had fewer experiences, so a few, not all young people, but a few younger people were like, this is my current relationship. So you're like, what is love? And they're like, tumultuous, disappointment, sex, you know? <laughs> Whereas the older people were like, oh, I've had so many different love experiences, so it's unconditional, and it's commitment, and it's yeah. trust. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and going kind of going back to the Vipassana thing, um, do you think that it changes moment to moment for every person? Because I found that you asked that, you were like, oh, tell me how, what, what is love for you in this moment? Because it might change from the next moment, from the past moment. Um, I think that's a great kind of lead into what might have been, which is usually an end question for this one, but for me, I found that's that's the answer to the question, is that, is that people have said, like, which answer sits out. So I'm going to say this first to answer your question, is just every 300 people's, every answer, I've noticed now, if I check in during the day, it shifts. It shifts. So sometimes I'm feeling like it's hopeless. Sometimes I'm feeling like it's completely unending. Sometimes I'm feeling like it's inside me and in touch with everything all around me. Like, sometimes I'm feeling pain. Like it's shifting like 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 uh, i haven't quite found the right words to say this but like how everything shifts in every second of every moment everywhere beyond what we can even perceive so yes um it's a transience right yes um and that is one of the answers <laughs> that someone gave <laughs> so that's the thing i found that 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 um 
that it does I know that it like I know I can only say for myself experientially it changes and I learned from this project that love is very different from what I I had been taught it was without any kind of like screw you it's not that it's more just I was taught what others were taught and when you when I looked at it deeper it completely changed it completely changed um, and that was a really crazy experience but I find so when I was talking to people with Vipassana with meditating it's only because of that meditation I've learned that that we we kind of as a whole in a society not actually it's from a lot of other experiences as well but we we, we surface on like we 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 exist on the surface and in in general not I'm, I'm not at all saying I know we're all existing in the depths at all times whether we know it or not <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not saying that we're not all always present but I know that I was really excited by getting a bit deeper and then I wanted to kind of offer that experience um, as best I could. And it wasn't about pe hoping people would get deeper and getting upset if they didn't, because everybody did. Everybody opened. Everybody was like, this is where I go. And that was really cool to see. And I think since I've done the project, a few people have said to me afterwards that it's changed. And I think it, I don't know if this is me. I don't, it's hard to say this kind of stuff and not, I'm really glad for that. Because that was part of it was almost like saying, "Hey, just check in with yourselves," like because it does change. And so if you say to me today, it means this, and uh, let it go. Because next week, five weeks, don't worry about it being the perfect answer. Like it doesn't have to be; it's always perfect. So whatever you say to me today, it's just right now. And and I'm sure when I finish the project, it will be different. Because I've had a lot of people be like, "Oh, don't put mine in because I don't." It's like mine's different. You know, everyone's is kind of different. <laughs> Do you think that everyone's accessing the same thing? When, like, everyone seemed to have little snippets. Do you think they're talking about the same phenomenon? Okay, right now, <laughs> <laughs> right now today, because it changes seriously since since I've been asked this question a lot okay. since, and it's changing. But I lost my connection to that during the project. I went in down the rabbit hole. I went, I went cold hard. And there's a white light. I know it sounds crazy, but there's a white light that I almost died when I was almost, like when I just turned 30. I had a brain injury. And s I got really fucking lucky. And I connected with something like that in me. I, I felt joy. I felt underneath everything is this. And right now, when I talk about it, my body tingles. Like... I, like I tapped into something without with I took a lot of pain but I didn't do it on purpose and that was why I sought meditation was like I tried to find a way to find this thing I'd found and then I lost it on the trip and I got really confused because I was like I thought I was getting closer and then yeah and I feel like I went in with all of this conceptual and heart like I thought I had it. I thought I was Superwoman, man. Oh. And then I went in. <laughs> I love how you're responding. Do you want the? <laughs> That's <laughs> always what happens. Yes. <laughs> it's like you get it, and you're like, I got it. I'm done. I'm done forever. Now I can teach. Now I can go out, spread the joy. I'm perfect now. Everything is perfect. The world Ooh. is perfect. Yeah, I got it. And then you fall, because you have to fall, because you have to go back out into the world and deal with all the shit that you've been avoiding yeah. and actually bring this light out to people and talk to them and then you're like oh no I lost it I lost yeah. and then you have to deal with all of that yeah, yeah. I, fe I feel like uh, like all around the same time as asking that question I went I jumped in the rabbit hole and and I think about it like a circle that I popped in the middle it poofed around and 
turned like completely inversed itself and now I now I'm now I'm still a circle but it's totally different so and part of that is is I lost faith and and faith by that I've never been a god person following let's follow some rules nothing like that but I do know there's so much I don't understand and the more I open myself the more I I feel it um so that to me at the root of all of it is this white light it's an energy I don't like I want to I want to I want to say well white isn't the right it's not the right but that's what keeps coming to mind when I try and describe it and the more I touch into it in me the more I feel it wherever I am and the more it's almost like this inner thing that when you try and put your finger on it it's suddenly like oh my god and it's as big as the world like so if you try and seek it it disappears and if you try and if you try and title it it loses it's just this always around us and <laughs> you know it's it's up to it's 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 our job to to remain open to however it's coming to us and it's underneath any kind of pain but it's 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 what's actually in us it's like when you think about children that are born they come out with with a howl but when you see kids they're they're just like they're moving through life and there's always got smiles and it's just like a, a, a bubble like energy and and we train it and we, we we captivate it and we title it and then we lose a touch with it because it's scary <laughs> but and lots of people said that too which is cool when I saw the project the sort of framework that I would put on it is um, it was like a two-tier thing and at the at the bottom it was this white light like you were saying this connection this energy um, this divine thing this kind of impersonal thing a lot of people motion to that um, that's just between everyone and then a level above that is like material reality and those were all the answers that fell into trust, commitment, care. It's like, how do you express this yeah. energy in human interactions? And then you get all of these like virtues. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And I think the visual element for this, and that's, uh, like I'll say at the heart of everything, I came from a pretty dark, pretty punk, pretty out there background. And I was pretty anti anything, religion, anti anything. and and what you just said about that underlayer as as kind of like that ethereal indescribable um transcending and then the details of how to help us to not contain it but to share it um and to to be able to healthily ch like not even channel it but just experiencing it al allow it um that was kind of the two layers and it was really exciting so the visual part for me was that if I took everyone that had sort of tapped in on that transcendent, it would never be what you'd expect walking around in, in the world. Um, and that is what I hope to share, because at the root of all my pain and all my darkness when I used to fight the world, it's like, was love. It was wanting to connect. It's this hippie, it's like the modern hippie, I guess, that's, that's just, how do we remove all of the, the titles we put on everything and just get more to that core? And one, one of the men answered that kind of nicely, actually. It was, he's in the video and kind of said, like, if we all pay a little more attention to tapping into that, that's where world peace comes from. That's where, like, everything is connected to it. Absolutely everything. Money, work, control, power, family, relationships, loves are kind of at the core of all of it. So it taps in. Yeah. 
And it's it's letting go of all of these projections we have, but it's also building all these skills that we don't yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things that's come out of this is, I think I mentioned it, but counseling school, it's like, I don't know that I want to necessarily become a counselor, but I do know that I need to help opening this more. Like, I, I believe in our modern technology. We don't need to learn anymore how to do the high ends of math unless that's what's part of our passion, but every week we've got computers. I can look on my phone. I don't need to go to the library anymore. I know it sounds lame, but I don't need it, so why not accept what we've built and use it for good? But then the time that we spend in schools, the time that we spend with our kids, the time that we're teaching people, it, sh it not should, but I would hope it's about interacting and connecting and community and how to share with each other and learning. What are these words? What is trust? What like Because, again, like the dictionary definition kind of doesn't really help and then society and hallmark and we don't know like it takes a lot of time like this took two years of my life to understand what love is and it's the base of everything so you would hope that that we commit to to having that be the most essential thing we share before learning how to do the other things you know like that's it's such a powerful important skill and uniter to like helping learn anything else so you learn like, oh, well, I love math, so that's where I'm going to put my energy in because it will make more of this energy um, instead of I'm going to do math because it will pay me the most. But yeah, th I felt like this opened. Uh, it's almost like I went as far as I could go in my, for now, <laughs> in my personal. It, it, I went and opened everything I could possibly. I thought I'd done that in the past with some trauma. Like I've, for the last like nine years, I feel like I've been looking with the microscope on my insides past where... Everybody thinks they're insides, and there's always more. <laughs> um, but with this one, I feel like I really went in there and re-understood, like, uh, learned about forgiveness of, of family, forgiveness of, of hopes and expectations, and really just settled in on, okay, here's where I am right now. And I feel like the, it would be the uh, silly to just go back into, I'm going to make art for me now. I'm going to paint some pretty pictures. It's like I think it's the biggest art form is how to share how to share, how to, how to connect with people, how to, or how to, I don't know, I, I get nervous of sounding like I think I know, because it's not that, but I, I hope I can share with others, because I know when I started learning the journey that I've been on, it was a little bit, it was really hard to find places to share. So a lot of what this project, the What is Love project is about is like, allow, like trying to ho help open doors for there not to be so much red tape between like, how are you? What is love to you? Because love to me wasn't sunshine and rainbows. It was really painful. Um, and I wanted to see, okay, well, other people, it seems like there's this joy. What am I missing? Um, so I wanted to, to do that. But then I think, well, if I'm there, how many other people are hiding in their, in their homes alone? You know, how many people seem fine on the outside, but how do we connect those two? Not saying everybody's miserable. I'm just saying, like, and the ones that aren't, how do I help them to understand what it is to be miserable? and to have empathy for their friends and be able to understand and connect. So it's just the first step, I think. So I don't, it's scary though, because it takes a lot more, it's a different kind of exhausting. <laughs> well, like if you work, if you work too hard, like when I was, when I do photography and I work too hard at, at like getting a job done on time, it's like making sure I meet deadlines for photo editing takes all my time and I feel tired after, but it's more just like ah, brain dead. Yeah, but with this project, it took my spirit, my sensuality, like my senses, my brain, my everything. And basically, I gave, I gave all the project asked for, and it took everything. 
And I learned, okay, well, there's boundaries with that too. Love has to have its boundaries, <laughs> you know. Like even the even just the word love is powerful. Like it's you know, yeah. So it took out, and I just kind of learned the exhaustion that can come from giving too much, even if the even if the intention is a beautiful thing. Like where there are where there should be not red tape, but learning the difference between boundaries and red tape. I learned so much. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Like I made it barely, barely, yeah, but I made yeah. it. Nine months ago. Oh my God. You regretted it? I don't know that I regretted it. Um, yeah, I don't know that I would say regret. I just, I was so fucking tired. Like I, I'm gonna cry even just thinking about it. Like, um, I'm not joking when I'd said that I'd gone. Like, it was because of some of the trauma I've gone through and having to relearn about, uh, like self-worth and and how much pain can hit like stuff that when you're younger when things if you don't look at it one little thing can affect your entire life and, and the strength it takes to look at that and the strength it takes to heal from that and then heal from the things that came from that um it's fucking intense so not only did i like basically almost die and have a brain injury at 30 so i had to face death i then went from that to face the stuff that i had not really been looking at which was abuse and then I thought I'd, I thought I'd been as strong as you can possibly be, and found a way to find beauty in all of that. Found a way to be actually grateful. Like I've been known to say, I hope it never happens to you, but I'm really glad it happened to me. But then to have this project almost take more from me shocked me. Like it, I, I completely, it was that learning of, oh my God, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Life is gonna always give me constant, challenging lessons and. And it really is about that meditative learning to be calm within that, and learning to have grace within, for myself, not not for appearances, but for myself. And I lost it at the uh, like nine months ago. I didn't have any grace. Like I went in there, and uh, what it took to keep it going, what it took to share it. And if it hadn't been 300 people I talked to, I wouldn't have made it. But I felt like I loved, yeah, I loved that more than myself. And it was learning that, learning what that cost me, and how painful that was. Like. Yeah, it was crazy. To, like I started out with a big community and everyone helped me as much as they could, but it literally took everything it could. So it sucked that out from any energy it could and left me pretty much alone. But with this huge community that had already like given it, like all my friends, like everyone, it's like I wouldn't even ask for anything more from anybody. But then I had to keep going. I had to keep going and it was just, it was insane. And then to give this project out, now I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, good. I hope I've learned that maybe next time it gets that crazy, I won't fight it so much. Like this time, I really fought the the challenge of it. In the past, I I was like grateful. It was like, oh, that's why it's been so hard because of that. I didn't see that before. I didn't know that. Well, if that happens to you, this is the side effect of it, and you'll be like this as a person. You know, like it, it all made sense. With this one, it didn't make sense to me why I was still. Like why a project, the giving love, where I was willing to commit time and energy and all my own, like it's not a project that's not going to pay me any money. Like I did this from from my own heart. It cost me my entire life savings, like everything, two years, like everything, and I couldn't understand how it could give me back so much pain. I was I was like, come on, life, I'm giving you joy. Why are you not giving me joy back? And that was that learning of, oh no, that's not how things go. There's always ups and downs. There's always as much joy that comes from it is like it was like I went to the extreme joy, the root of love, but also to the extreme root of pain and that they go hand in hand.
death and life, right? That's exactly what I wanted to ask you, actually. Yeah. Um, what, what for you is the relationship between love and suffering, or love and death? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um, someone asked me yesterday, um, someone that's very close to me asked me um, what my next project was, and death was one of the it was was has been on my I even have the image like I already know how I'd present it but I don't know if I if I just did that with this one because I, I think it it's it's just that full acceptance that with all this beauty and all the joy of life with all this love and light it's that acceptance that we don't get to understand necessarily there is an ending and and to to learn to love that too to accept that too and that's where all the the triggers where all the pain comes from is it's like under everything is that fear of death and love that's what's at the root of everything we do as animals like I think it's what I've kind of microscopically figured out in myself anyway is just an absolute fear of it so I don't know if I'm doing it in my next project or if this one is because I'm still processing this one like it's still every day kind of coming out a little bit but I feel like it really is that big finding serenity with that which we can't control. And, and I find that love and death, <laughs> those are the things we can't control. <laughs> and, then it's, and it's gonna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I think about love and death, too. Um, cool, another person has been looking in with a microscope. Literally, yeah, those are the two things I think cool. about, love and death. <laughs> yeah, those are the two things I research. But, um, yeah, because I was thinking about, well, what do they have in common, actually? And I thought, they're both the things that transcend you or that are going to radically change you and yourself and who you think you are. Well, coming, coming, okay. Um, again, this, to this topic yesterday, uh, my friend shared with me that they had almost, like, that they had a scare with one of their parents. Um, and they really had to, that was their first sort of, not first, but kind of like monumental, oh my God, death is real. Like, it's really real. It's not, and ev everyone kind of has that come at some point, whether they're older or younger, um, and they can look at it or not. But I know when I faced death, it was crazy. I couldn't, there was, a, when I started coming back around from the brain injury and started, and like, it was like I was, I knew everything I knew, but I had, my brain was too busy healing to care about all of our details. So I just felt it was that white light, like it was just there. But I, I was there enough to know I was feeling it, but enough to also be like, what's going on? This is awesome. <laughs> like, this is so awesome. It's so much lighter to just be and instinctually respond and just just, just be. It was so cool. Um, but but once, once I started trying to re-enter the world, I couldn't understand how people could function knowing that we're all going to die. How can they love each other? How can people even get out of bed? Like, just it c it didn't it didn't get off me the reality of of what death actually is in our culture. Again, North America doesn't talk about it. So you think it's something that is possible to accept? There's this limitlessness or this infinitude and this energy, but then hey, there's actually it's not unlimited at all because there's this <laughs> transience and you're going to die <laughs> so I'm sensing that you might still be I'm feeling if I'm honest probably a kinship so I might be wrong but I haven't I think my brain gets it but I do think it's probably going to be my next project because I think I it's like I've seen it I've touched it I've felt it 
but I still fight it. I still, I, I still, it is my people, you know, they say feel the fear and do it anyway. I will do anything. I will, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm courageous about that. But when it comes to death, that to me, it's like I, I get frozen because everything and everyone, even you right now, the idea of you dying, like it, it's just, it breaks, it breaks my, like it breaks my heart. And that's the base of everything, which is love. So it, it breaks my spirit to, to, Actually, I think I think about it daily. I thought about it before coming here. Actually, I was thinking about like, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> genuine feeling connection. I love it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I was I was thinking just being reminded that uh, that we. God, it was this talk yesterday with a friend, just being reminded that every single moment is so fucking precious. And that's, it's in those moments that we can tap the love. We, I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when you're going to die. I know that I, if I sit around and think about it, that's affecting my current moment, so I can't enjoy the love that I could be while I can. So that's how I think they're connected, is I think like there's that beauty, the yin, the yang, the light, the dark. I don't understand why. I don't understand where the fuck all the energy come from. I don't get that, but it does. It just does exist. So I can't say that the dark is bad, because I don't. I don't know it. But I, I. I do know that fighting it causes me darkness. So I know that when I. When I'm. When I'm thinking about it with fear, it makes me feel fear, and I don't know that that white light. It's always there, so it doesn't necessarily deserves to have me add more darkness. There's already a lot of darkness coming, so <laughs> if it's darkness, you know, like, so I think right now I'm just trying really hard to remember that that does still scare the shit out of me, and and if I continue to just look at what's in front of me, I'm hoping that more acceptance of that will come to me right in front of me. Like the more I accept, like in a moment, if if you were to say, like if someone came to me that had hurt me, instead of getting mad at them, if I just tried to feel love for them, that accepting that is it's like that meditation. Okay, we'll go back to meditation. When you when you scratch an itch, it's not about that one itch. It's about that craving to scratch that itch. And the more you learn to to calm that, the more you're able to calm the greater itches inside. So if I learn to just feel the love in the little moments, I'm hoping. That it'll just kind of build me a bit more strength to to be able to look at that death and not be so fucking scared of it. The one thing I take away from it is, holy fuck, we are so fragile. And we live our lives focusing on so much that's out in our little circular brains that we've made up. Stories we tell that we create and... At the end of the day, let's just go lie in a park and stare at the tree. Like, <laughs> I know that sounds like, oh, whatever, but really, if you can actually do that, I don't know. It's, I think it's all connected. Like, it always changes. So, for me, with this project, um, unconditional and self love. So, if we're talking about that base layer, that was affected. And then what came out for me was recognizing I don't actually have self love. I thought I did, and I don't. I don't accept or or like allow myself to have any anger like I don't know what to do with it I, I wasn't allowed as a child like just that kind of like oh my god and I've been carrying so much shame 
so much guilt that when things go wrong, I other person, I don't fuck, I don't care. It's mine. It's what I did. Like I'm gonna carry that forever now. I'm not gonna forgive myself, and it's gonna ruin whatever relationships I have because I'm carrying all this fucking weight that nobody else cares about. And you know, like I would never do that for someone else, but for me, oh yeah, it's terrible. So I'm. It's such a hubris too. It's like you're allowed to be human, but I'm not. You're allowed to be angry and need things, but not me. No, no, no. you know, like imperfection in everyone except for myself. Um, and that, yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things. Is is like, sorry, I just got spaced out because it just hit total home. Um, just that self-blame. Basically, we're kind of. We didn't bring this up explicitly, but we're kind of implicitly talking about trauma and dealing with trauma and how love is involved in that and how self-acceptance and self-love is involved in that. Okay, and then what we talked about, how it's easy if you know it. Like, um, I, I, had, I have experienced a lot of sexual trauma in my life, both um, familial and just life um, that came after, a lot more so after. Um, and learning to heal from that, take being brave enough, I had to accept that I knew of it before I was ready to deal with it. And that was one of the coolest things, I think, that's helped me to be able to ask questions the way I asked what is love, was accepting that and learning that it took me till I was 30 until it happened again really intensely so I couldn't ignore it. It was like, okay, this is sexual abuse. That's what this is. Um, and I had to accept that I didn't learn that until I was ready to deal with it. So I knew of it before. I'd even called council lines, like crisis. I'd gone to one meeting before. And I was like, oh, no, but that wasn't what really happened to me. Because there's so much, like the way that the world talks about, there's so much red tape. The way they talk about abuse, it's like, well, you're walking down an alley and four guys pull you into the, and I was like, well, that didn't happen to me. Like, so I didn't understand that, that the abuse that I had experienced and the effects of it on my life. I was trying to, well, it's my fault, that kind of thing, like blame, 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 from a really young age when I didn't know any better, and neither did anybody else around me, like nobody knew what anybody was doing, so it's just this crazy feeling of like, uh, um, acknowledging that change only happens in a person when they're ready, so if, you're, if you feel it in you and you're not quite there, it's okay. Like, it comes when you're ready, it, whether you want it to or not, whether you ask for it or not. Like, the stuff I went through this last year, I wouldn't have asked for that, but I, I accept that it came, the stuff that hit me about family and about love and about having to relearn that love isn't what I thought it was, and that's a weird feeling at 39. Um, I'm never going to have that love that I thought was a storybook love. Like, I didn't, I had to learn that was a, that was an illusion. Um, that's a hard thing to lose. <laughs> um, I, and that's going to take a bit. But, but I wouldn't have been able to understand that when I was 30 because I still had those other things to get through to make me strong enough to be able to understand this now. Like, and that gives me a lot of acceptance and a lot of compassion for where people are at. And when I meet people, like in the groups that I've gone to, some women are 70 and they're saying they're only just acknowledging. And some women are 19. So it's not about who you are and or what has happened means you should have sooner or you should be dealing with it's just no just trust that it will it will come to you when you're when you're ready to deal with it when you have enough strength because unfortunately with trauma it's 
not, it's not even unfortunate, but we ha we're the ones that, that, that can see and can know how to help and how to give us the love that we need to heal, right? Like, it's, it, it is up to us, and we are strong enough. So it's, it's, that's, that's what pushes a lot of what I do. It's like, I didn't really know that when I started, and I want there to be more places people can find that kind of, hear those words. Because <laughs> I have to, be like, I hear when I say it, even to myself now, it's like a good, like, right, okay, right, I remember that. Because I forget it, like, I'll heal, and then a year later I'll forget. You know, it's, you have to remind yourself, like, no, I know. I know better than that now, and I actually do know better than that, not just, I wish I knew. It's, it, it yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, how do you think that came out in this project? Do you think you were able to communicate that with people? I mean, I definitely saw a few examples where I mean, I don't know, maybe the woman didn't know this about you, but it kind of came out while she was talking about it. And it's like you being there allowed her the space for that to come out. Mm -hmm. um, I made a point of showing, because the intention was to help not only survivors, but supporters. Because I found that people wanted to help me, but they didn't actually know what I was talking about because they hadn't experienced it. And there is this place where... I can only have a certain kind of kinship with people that do understand, essentially, at the root. Um, but there's a spot of, like, opening that discussion so people can hear others' stories. So I really wanted it to not be with any preconceptions when people came in to sit with me. So I didn't tell them anything about me, necessarily. But if they started to open, like, the, there was one in specific, um, I felt like I should... I wish there was a way I could tell the world, hey, I've checked with her. I've checked with a couple people after. They signed releases before, but I made sure to check that to be sure they were okay with sh me sharing what they shared because they might not have known what was about to come out of them when they came in. Like, no, no, no. So I did check. I made sure, like, are you okay with me sharing this? So the one in specific, I'm, I think I know who you're talking about. I almost didn't even put her in um, because of fear. I was like, oh, it's going to be too much for people. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly why I'm doing this. And it's even in me to, because I've been, I've been built with that. Like I've been told, keep, you know, pri behind closed doors, private. And that's what made it so hard to come out behind the closed doors. You know, like uh, when I first started talking about it, I told everybody I didn't, cause I was just, that's what happens when you're in trauma. Like you, you, t you talk like it's, 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 it's almost like you can't shut it off. And then it's like, oh shit. Everyone in the world knows what my, like the insides of my insides look like, and I can't hide that anymore. But we don't have much room for those people listening to know, like there isn't much space for that. So I tried to allow it to have the space and the comfort for whatever people wanted to share with. It wasn't like, I've been abused, if you have, here's the space to talk about it. But when she did start talking about it, um, I did actually stop about halfway, and I kind of said, are you okay with me? Not even halfway, when she started I, I before I clicked the shutter, I was like, "Are you okay with me?" And she's like, "Mm-hmm." So, so I, I removed that part just because it takes up time in the video. But, um, like, she knew what she was th that she was in a safe space, and that was what I let her know. And she actually went into the washroom for half an hour after just like in the in the trailer. I, I said, "You know, you can like the one I think I know the one with the makeup." Um, <laughs> So I had told her she could wash it off if she wanted. She came out with it still on. And that was what, where that final picture came from with her. I actually asked her, I was like, can, do you want to give me... And she'll sh so if, if you look at her, 
her eyes are very, she knows what she just shared and she was really so fucking powerful in her ability to share that with where she was. So I feel like, I feel like what I was hoping for in that sense happened is that people shared um, enough with openness, the, the death, the loss, the, the trauma, just the pain, um, just enough that, that it's seen and, and known. Like that, that woman, when she came in, she looked like just everybody else. It's just regular people, like everyday people. And, and that, so I was happy that I had a space that I didn't have to poke. I didn't have to share first, but I did, when people did share with me, I know I've done some reading about this, but it does create comfort if they are also shared with. So I was, I just, I removed my sharing from the audio because nobody needs to hear my story 24 times. But, but I did share, um, and I did encourage, um, but not, not poking. It was always as a, you know, like, unless it was my little brother, I think I poked him a bit. You can hear it in the video, though. <laughs> he, he was the last one. Um, so he'd said he's, and I quoted him a lot because his answer kind of suits me now. <coughs> is that I don't know. I'm still learning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what I kind of say as my capture for it, is I, I'm still learning. I don't have an answer. It's always changing. But you've learned a lot. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's like two types of I don't know anything. There's like I don't know anything, and then there's oh, the yeah. one that you have. It's like I don't know anything, but actually there's so yeah. much here. <laughs> I feel like um, I went through... I think of it like a circle a lot, like I've, I've yeah, <laughs> circle, circle. Um, and I feel like I went into it and I thought I was getting to the center. And then the center turned into absolutely everything and learning how nothing makes sense. Like there is no actual answer to what is love. But I touched that light a little bit, so I felt it. Don't even know that I can properly explain that. And then I came out the other side. And so I don't have an answer, that's for sure. I certainly don't. But I certainly don't hold on to the answer I had before. Like I thought I, I thought you could, I thought I could define it in a way that I could easily understand it, learn it, and then practice it. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought if I figure it out, if it, you know, if I if I interview 300 people and you know 50% of them say unconditional, then that's what it is. But it was more like some of them pricked me in a different spot, and then it's taken me like nine months to figure. Oh, unconditional. I don't think I've had that. I don't think I know what that feels like. I don't know how to give that. Like, I, whoa, for myself, whoa. So that was where self-love, it was like, oh, you mean it's okay if I mess up? What? <laughs> so just going inside that, I learned way more than I ever thought that I would learn, but I come out saying, I'm still learning, and I'm still looking, and I'm still curious, and it changes every second. Yeah. <laughs>